Welcome to the People First Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for another edition of People's First Podcast. This is Devin Williams, co-founder and president of People First Professionals. And today we are joined by Will Barfield, president and CEO of Barfield Revenue Consulting and a good friend to our PFP community here in the RTP area. Will, thank you so much for joining us today, my man. Thrilled to be here, Devin. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm flattered. Absolutely. And we were, we were just riffing before we started recording about kind of the necessity for these online venues. And, and so I think there's so much that you can lend to our community. And I think a lot of people know your name, especially if they've been looking for a job anytime recently in the Triangle area. But could you tell us and our community a little bit more about yourself and not just Barfield Revenue Consulting, but you're involved in a lot of different communities and organizations. If you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Barfield Revenue Consulting, and some of the, the different ventures you're involved in, that'd be great. Sure thing, my friend. So local guy, high school in Raleigh, college, UNC, been in the market professionally for 22 years. Um, 19 of those years spent as a salesperson 16 of those 19 years of individual contribution also spent as a player coach. So uh, selling and managing teams. And then I've been in the recruiting industry for the last 16 years, worked for 12 and a half with uh, Lee and Rod Frankel over at Frankel Staffing Partners and cut my teeth in the industry, learning from them, and then launched a business with my wife, Amy, about three and a half years ago, Barfield Revenue Consulting focused on revenue-related staffing and, and other consulting services. You know, I, I, as a person who carried a bag and did outside cold calling new business development local market for 19 years, certainly uh, learned a lot and absorbed a lot and, you know, trying to impart that to others uh, as a sales leader through my career, but now as a sales recruiter, um, and sales placement guy who, you know, helps candidates through the job adventure process and works with hiring managers and uh, revenue related leadership roles to hire uh, sales talent. It, uh, trying to utilize all those years of experience in a way to you know, teach and, and educate, guide and collaborate. Um, with regard to my community participation, have, you know, been very involved in the Greater Raleigh Chamber of Commerce and the Wake Med Foundation, and Haven House Services, and the Downtown Raleigh Alliance for years. Have uh, sat on executive committees and led fundraising campaigns, and been a volunteer leader for a long time. Was uh, former president of the Raleigh Metro Society for Human Resource Management, so very involved in the local HR community as well, and just try to give as much time uh, and input and knowledge back to the community as possible. And I feel very fortunate to, to live here in Raleigh-Durham, to have spent my life in this area, to have benefited from as much wonderful opportunity as exists around here. And um, giving back and donating time, effort, and energy is uh, the least I can do to reward a community that's been so wonderful to me for so long. Well, I love to hear that that return investment, that give back into the community that provides for you. And 
look, not blowing smoke, you have an incredible reputation and it's well-deserved and, and we appreciate you joining. And it's going to be a challenge to kind of narrow the focus to one topic here, <laughs> yeah. uh, because I think there's so much that you could lend to our listeners and to our community. But you know, there's, there's a lot going on with the job world. And so that's where we really want to focus for our community. Uh, there's a lot of folks who were unfortunately let go due to COVID-related impact and economic impact. Uh, what a job is today and what it means has really changed with the work-from-home environment. Uh, so how people are interviewing, some of the skills that interviewers are looking for, I'm, I'm noticing as a hiring leader, that has started to change. So let's talk about what I would call table stakes for a job search. Some best practices, like if you're going to put yourself out there and you're going to get in the mix for a competitive job, what are just some bare bone basics that you have to be prepared to bring to the table if you want to represent yourself well? So I'm going to address that, but I'm going to you know, set the stage a little bit prior to. So Frankel, the company I worked for before starting my own practice, was a very broad and general services staffing agency that provided administrative and customer service and accounting and finance and human resources and operations and biotech and life sciences and clinical recruiting. And while I was with them, Devin, you, as you know, I started a sales and really sales and marketing recruiting practice line inside of Frankel that I grew for 12 years before, um, going out on my own to start my own company that focuses mostly in revenue related staffing and sales and marketing. But I say all that to say I've touched many different white collar recruiting uh, lines and um, you know, job explorations and hiring managers and departments and companies through the years. So I'm not, my perspective on this doesn't just come from sales and marketing recruiting. Additionally, this is my second recession that I've experienced in the industry. So went through eight, nine, and 10 uh, as an employee of a local staffing agency. And now as the owner of a specialty recruiting practice, I'm uh, back in one again. I can tell you this one is drastically different. What I have done during the last two recessions is obviously in the third party recruiting world that I live in, when you're in a recession and companies are freezing hiring and layoffs are going on and unemployment's on the rise and job stability is wobbly. Uh, third party external recruiting agencies and staffing firms are uh, severely impacted. We tend to feel the recession first and fast. And we also tend to rise out of it quicker, which is a good thing. We are a leading indicator of what's going on with economic and job health. So with the last recession and this one, when job opportunity and recruiting slows, because it will inevitably, and you know, I have time that I am not using as much for super high volume, really fast moving recruiting practices. I donate that time to talk to people, folks who are out of work, folks who uh, don't know what to do, folks who, you know, we've got a generation here in the workforce, Devin, that, you know, if they're 30 uh, years old or younger, they've never experienced a down job market. This is their first time. They were always pursued. You've also got folks who are 45 and up. And quite honestly, I talked to them as well, who are uncertain about their marketability. And how do I navigate this job market that we're in now? 
make myself appealing and attractive and cut through the noise to get seen, get interviewed and get hired. You know, this recession that we're in now, we fell far faster, far deeper than the last one. Um, it was completely um, rapid. Uh, it was devastatingly quick and it surprised me. It surprised our industry, you know, as compared to the last recession where we could see some indicators on the way in and were able to pivot and prepare. This was um, absolutely not the case here. So very challenging and, and very shocking. And it's been hard on everyone. It was record setting unemployment very quickly. What does that create? Creates panic, creates a lot of noise. And I think table stakes, right, for your job search, if you're a candidate who is, you know, finding yourself in the market looking for a position right now, I think the number one thing you've got to do is you need to make sure that you are considering the perspective of everything that's happening out there and that you understand all the influences on the job search at the moment and, and not just what you're going through as an individual. Okay, what do I mean by that? Think about how many folks are unemployed right now and how many folks are applying for positions and creating traffic and jamming the signal and flooding inboxes and making it very hard. I would imagine you as a hiring manager, you were seeing this, but you know, internal recruiters, company owners who don't have a staff to help them recruiting and, and have to manage flow on their own. It's an unbelievable amount of noise. And if a company puts up a open position and gets a couple hundred applications in a week, that is an immense amount of information to process and to um, be able to respond to. So you make sure that before you even get into the job search mode, that you're thinking very clearly about what's happening out there and the challenges that you're facing just by being someone in the job market and what you are up against when it comes to traffic and gaining traction because everybody's trying to jam in the front door right now and they got elbows out and teeth gnashed and it's just a, it's a fight. Um, and if you can, you want to try and avoid that fight. So, if understanding that that's what we're facing is, you know, so important, then what do you need to do? And the first thing you need to do is you need to go to your network. Absolutely. The first step, once you kind of, you know, shake the cobwebs out and you know, okay, well, I just got rocked. I got furloughed or laid off or I got rift or reorged, whatever the terminology is, and I just splashed down and they gave me four weeks and I got to do something. And wow, look at all the people that must be unemployed out there searching for a position. What do I do? How do I, you know, cut through the noise? I don't want to just be applicant number 237 in the last three weeks for this job. What's the likelihood of me actually getting seen in that scenario? Best thing for me to do, probably go to my network, reach out to my connections, friends, who do they know? How can they help me? You know, I mentioned a moment ago about how right now, since I'm not super slammed with recruiting work, I'm trying to donate my time, right? I'm donating my time, trying to connect with people that are referred to me 
because someone says, hey, you know, Will knows a lot of people or Will's a recruiter or Will has access to jobs. Some of the referrals I get are just people think that since I'm a recruiter, you know, I can, you know, help anyone with any kind of job search. And that's not necessarily the case, but I will talk to as many people as I can who are referred to me and try to give them tips and advice and guidance. And I'll open up my network to them and say, okay, what kind of jobs have you applied to in the last month? And which ones have you heard back on and which ones haven't you? And what kind of companies and opportunities are you targeting right now? Okay, interesting. Well, I happen to know people at A, B, and C that you just mentioned here, and you haven't heard back from A, and you want to apply to B, and there aren't any open positions at C, but you're interested in that company. Let me make some outreaches for you to my network. Tap some folks on the shoulder that are, you know, in, either in recruiting or at the C level, and see if I can't help open the door or a conduit of communication for you to make that job opportunity exploration more efficient with more traction and, you know, go more positively because I'm sure you can think about Devin, some of the hires that you've made in your career and the fact that probably some of the best were direct recommendations and referrals from others and utilizing your network to cut through the noise. If everybody else is trying to jam in the front door, but your buddy happens to be a manager and can let you in the side door, right? I mean, metaphorically, why wouldn't you take the easier route? You use your network and get in the side door while everybody else is jammed up at the front and no one can get in. You know, and you think about there's this inherent guilt complex that I'm dealing with too when I talk to people about asking for help. You know, it's like, well, you know, I, looking for a position, but I hate to trouble people. And it's like, well, hold on, stop, stop. Now is not the time to feel bad about asking for help. Let me ask you a question, you know, rhetorical person. If your friend came to you and said, I just lost my job, I need help, what would you do? Well, I'd help them. Well, of course you would. So look in the mirror and apply that same logic to yourself. Have zero guilt about asking people for assistance right now. In times like this, I saw it in the last recession and I'm watching it in this one. People are so super willing to help and to offer a hand up. And if you just ask and you, you know, crack the door open with that network of yours and ask folks you're connected to to connect you to others and just keep expanding that outreach, that's really the best way to crack the code and solve the job market. It is not going to be done by you know competing with the masses in a in a white noise space where it's almost impossible to differentiate yeah i mean you said so many great things there and i think the two really important pieces are leverage your network and don't, don't be afraid to ask right we've we've talked about that before they're they're part of your network for a reason and it's it's a two-way street uh, you've, you've paid your dues at some point and you'll pay them again, but this is an opportunity to leverage your network. And we talk about it in sales, right? How do you make that cold call into a warm call, right? Who do you know? How can you leverage your community, your network to change that from a, a, I don't know you introduction to, you know, somebody has already told me about this person and your talents and I'm excited to meet with you. Those two conversations are vastly different. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and we were talking about how 
some of this has changed in the work from home virtual COVID world that is our new normal. And even like just anecdotally speaking for myself as a hiring manager, you know, pre-COVID, I might send out a WebEx or a Zoom link for an interview. And if the person doesn't jump on video, I wasn't really giving it much of a thought, right? Okay, cool, whatever. Now, if somebody gets in an interview with me and they don't, they don't have the camera on when we start the call, I'm like, oh, what are they hiding? Are they not prepared? <laughs> are they, you know, and, and so that just, that's one small anecdotal example of how, as a hiring manager, what we're looking at and what we're thinking about, the skills that we're sussing out, all the skills that were required to be successful in the job haven't changed, but there's new ones that we need to be accounting for. So what are you seeing as you're talking to hiring leaders, to executives, to candidates? What's some of the feedback you're getting from the community on what are some specific skills that maybe there's more focus on than there were before? Uh, some questions that are being asked more commonly and more frequently than before, and just how can people prepare for a work from home COVID specific kind of interview these days? Well said, and I'm I'm going to uh, reach back to one of the terms you used in the last question. I'm going to pull it forward in this one, and that's table stakes. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to tie that together with the the virtual presence and the you know, online interview world and you know, how I'm advising candidates and what I'm hearing from hiring managers and, and some, some faux pas that we need to avoid. Number one, LinkedIn is incredibly important. It is far more important than your resume. It is a living, breathing, uh, representation of you online. It, it is your virtual storefront. And uh, it is absolutely critical that it be up to date, that it have a very nice picture on it, that it's not just like you and your buddy at a wedding and you like clipped it out part of it and you can see his ear uh, and then your you know, face and it's grainy. Please don't. Uh, it needs to be well filled out from an experience standpoint in each section. You need to have not just the, the company and the title and the years you were there, but truly build those sections out with bulleted chunks of information, just like your resume, that you keep very up to date and appealing and, and readable. Because my hiring managers that I deal with, when I send them someone for an interview, not only in that invite that I send, which is typically a WebEx or a Zoom or a GoToMeeting or something virtual, an interface like that. They don't just want the resume. They want to link to the LinkedIn as well. They're going to scroll that LinkedIn profile and they're going to look at that resume while that interview is happening. And they're going to be making some decisions and some choices and some judgments, fair or not, about that candidate by what they read and what they see. And so, you know, I get the, the benefit of talking to these people before the LinkedIn is shared to say, hey, you know what, you might want to beef this up and you might want to tighten that and let's change your heading up here at the top. But if you are going to be going at, at it, you're going to go to war in this job market, this battlefield, then your LinkedIn has got to be really, really sharp. And you need to reach out to friends of yours who have got an impressive LinkedIn and get advice for them. There's a bunch of different avenues you can pursue for paid help 
with LinkedIn improvement. It's not necessarily what we're looking to do when we're unemployed to increase expense, but brother, it's critical. So that's one of the things about the job search process. It's different than it was in the last recession. And it's become you know, even more essential nowadays is making sure your LinkedIn is tight uh, and that it matches your resume and that it's a very nice package uh, overall for the presentation. When it comes to that virtual interview, one of the things that I'm seeing uh, hiring managers really nitpick about and nitpick, you know, I think is fair in this, you know, connotation is attire, right? Are you dressed appropriately for an interview? Are you dressed like you're tuned in and this matters and you want to make a good impression? It doesn't mean you got to wear a suit, uh, but it does mean that you need to dress appropriately for the company and the hiring manager and the, you know, environment and interview opportunity that you are being considered for. How do you get that information? Well, if you're dealing with me, I'm going to provide that to you. Hey, listen, my client's expectations are this, make sure you dress like that. If you're dealing with an internal corporate recruiter, don't forget to ask that question. Hey, when I'm getting ready for this interview, what's appropriate attire so that I can make the right impression on the hiring manager? I've had folks who interviewed in a, in a t-shirt with a, you know, a superhero logo on it, or, you know, wore a ball cap and look, not, not that those aren't fine clothes to wear, but is that really what you would wear to an in-person interview pre-COVID? Probably not, but because you're at home and you're taking those things for granted, then you're, you're conveying to the person that you're interviewing with that you didn't do your homework on many levels. And that's simple stuff. And like you said, you know, logging in for just audio and not video, but you need to check your Wi-Fi connection. Do you have a good signal? You know, right now I'm sitting in my 10 year old's bedroom because it's the best signal in the house and it has the least echo. So uh, thankfully we don't have video on because uh, it's not very masculine in here. It's her room, but you know, are you thinking through all the factors related to this interview that you're getting ready to have to make sure that you're ready? Did you do your research on the company? Did you read the job description thoroughly? And have you made some notes point by point on where you're strong and where you're weak? Do you come into the interview with some great questions? Are you prepared to answer questions in a thoughtful way by providing context and content, but without, you know, wandering way off the road into the woods and taking a tangent? It's not going to help the interview. And are you prepared to close the interview, and that this is not just apply to sales interviews, I believe it applies to any interview. Are you prepared to close the interview by looking in that camera and trying to make eye contact virtually with that person that you're interviewing with and ask them for the next step? Devin, I've really enjoyed this interview process. I would love to join your team. What do I need to do to move forward here? You know, any questions about my background as a potential fit? or me as a candidate making it to the next step in this process. And then loop back through. If that person sent you a video invite for an interview, guess what you have? Their email address. What does that mean? That means you send them a thank you note the same day or at least inside 24 hours. A thank you note wrap up is a beautiful way to close their first round of the interview process. And it's an extension of the interview because nowadays when we're communicating so much online, email and 
you know, LinkedIn messaging and other things, your ability to write well and your ability to compose good business communication is important also. And if you write a really good thank you note, that's a nice wrapper on that first interview that conveys your ability to send, you know, thoughtful and swift and well-timed business communication. So that's, you know, a little bit about that, but it's, it's definitely becoming a pet peeve for a lot of hiring managers that people are coming into this virtual interview world, not prepared, not dressed right, and just kind of winging it. And, you know, there's new school stuff about how you dress for a WebEx and, you know, how sharp your LinkedIn is. And then there's the old school stuff about um, your research, Q&A, and follow-up that will always be uh, relevant. Yeah, I love that. And if you were paying close attention, we'll just walk through a start to finish process on how to make sure you're checking all the boxes from your upfront research and how you appear publicly on, on forums like LinkedIn, all the way to closing for the sale, right? Don't forget to close and wrapping that up with a follow-up, a thoughtful and genuine follow-up message. All things that, frankly, I wish more candidates did. <laughs> and I wish more realized that maybe the reason you're not getting the callback is because some of those, those things that we consider table stakes aren't happening. And the one that I want to call out uh, before we let you go, Will, that I think is a really great call out is asking the question. You have resources at your disposal, like a recruiter, for example, and just simply asking, what does this next interviewer expect from me? I think it sounds so silly, but if you have that, that resource available to you, why would you not take it, the opportunity to learn more and to better prep yourself for excellence for the following meeting? So, Will, thank you so much. I think this was an incredible session, uh, very important and impactful to what's happening today. I know our, our, our listeners are going to love it. So, Will, as always, thank you so much for, for joining us today, taking time out uh, to to lend some of this knowledge to our community. And as always, just being a friend to PFP. We really appreciate you. Well, I love what you guys are doing. Always have. I enjoyed meeting you a handful of years ago, actually in the candidate process when you right. were someone I was trying to help. And uh, right. you, did, you, you were able to find your opportunity on your own and found something excellent. And then you were like, you know what? You know, I got so much spare time. I'll just create this other organization as well. So, uh, you know, kudos to you for you know, coming up with something like PFP that uh, does so much for the local community. And, and um, you know, I, I, there was no way I was going to say no. So thank you for the time. I admire uh, what you have accomplished locally as well. And um, thank you for, you know, inviting me to this session. I look forward to uh, continuing to collaborate with you and to help the community together. Excellent. Thank you so much, Will, for the time. Uh, for our folks who are tuning in, be sure to check out Will Barfield. He is all over the place in the virtual world right now, dropping knowledge on all things recruiting, uh, getting involved in local philanthropies and startups and uh, lending your time back to the community. So be sure to check them out and you can know where to find the People First podcast on all the places that you listen to podcasts. Will, thank you, brother. We'll talk to you soon.